your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 292 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Piller up in Collingwood. And that was a fun day to be a Sens fan. I'm talking yesterday, I'm talking trade deadline, waiver pickups, and a huge 4-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Not only was the win fun, but the way it happened, Alex Formanton, Get a house, buddy. You're an NHLer. Brady Kachuk on his captain shit. Two goals and get it into the mix. And Connor Brown. How do I bury the lead? Connor Brown, we're going to tell you the names that Connor Brown just entered the stratosphere of by extending his goal streak to eight games. It is impressive to say the least. So we'll get Pilsy's take not only on the game last night, but what does he think of Victor Mete coming in on this decor? We already talked about Riley and Coburn trades, but Erica Branson also on his way out. Full breakdown of those trades and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, April 13th, and Pilsy, there's death, there's taxes, and there's Connor Brown scoring goals. The three guarantees of life. How does he continue to impress? Well, when you're hot, you're hot, Ross, and you just get every single puck on net, and that's what happened there. Tierney slid it over to him quickly, quick shot, and Hellebuck can't stop it, and he extends to eight straight games with a goal. Ross, are we going to get into uh, that record right now or not yet? Yeah, we may as well. I have it pulled up. NHL Public Relations tweeting this out, and I will mention they did the thing where – they put all the players who have streaks of nine games and higher, but then included Connor Brown at eight with the asterisk saying there's also 10 other instances of eight games. So it does make it a little less, but should he score in the next game, then he is officially in the company of this list. This is in the last 30 years, players who have had goal streaks of nine games or longer. Again, Connor Brown at eight right now, Denny Savard, Steve Iserman, Timu Solani, Yermer Yager, Brett Hall twice, Luke Robitaille, Mario Lemieux twice, and Timu Solani again. Those are all, I believe, Hockey Hall of Famers. Yeah, th- those are some legendary names and some legendary goal scorers. So for Connor Brown to be in the mix there, and he, I just love seeing his face, the the surprise and just absolute joy after he scored. Like, oh my God, I did it again. It's been eight straight games. So let's uh, let's hope he can make it nine with the next game up against the Jets on Wednesday. For a guy who's missed so many grade A opportunities, it's great that these ones are going in from him because – I think 30 out of the 31 starting goalies in the NHL make that save. Or I should say Hellebuck even makes that save 99 of 100 times. He was awful last night. But, man, those ones just go in when you're hot. It hits off of Hellebuck's glove and goes right up and over and into the back of the net. 
Yeah, that was a tough night for Connor Hellebuck. Uh, didn't look too great on that Dadanov goal either. Definitely one you want to forget if you're Hellebuck. And hey, hopefully if you're the Sens, uh, the Jets decide to give him a break and you get Laurent Boisois next game. And then that gives Connor Brown an even better chance to extend <laughs> his goal scoring streak here. I should have mentioned that was the game tying goal, Connor Brown. So still not a good one, but you're right. Evgeny Dadanov making it 3-2. Let's get to Brady's first on the night beforehand, though, because there's been a lot of talk, and rightfully so, about the Senators' power play and the outage that is. Yes, they've scored a couple goals, but it just hasn't looked confident. So what do they do? Josh Norris moves up to that top unit, and it pays immediate dividends. How much more options are there when Drake Batherson is in the middle of the ice and, and used almost as like a, a middle-of-the-zone bumper? I find that it's just creating so many more looks for them. And Josh Norris, he's a shooter, and shooters shoot, but he got the uh, the pinball bounce off a pair of legs. Yeah, that was like a game of Plinko uh, there, or Clinko. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Uh, that carnival game where you drop a ball and it, it bounces off all the little pegs yeah. and you get a prize at the end. Well, Brady Kachuk got the prize, and it was a big old goal. And uh, <laughs> he was looking pretty happy after that one. And Ross, speaking of looking happy, the smile on my face when Brady Kachuk scores that goal and what does the huddle look like on the ice? Josh Norris, Brady Kachuk, Thomas Shabbat, Drake Batherson, and Tim Stutzla all on the ice at the same time for the power play. Get used to seeing that goal celebration huddle on the man advantage because it, that's your crew, right? Like that, those are your those are your top five core guys right now, pretty much. I mean, there's other guys in the mix, but right now those are the guys that are clicking and it was great to see them get to celebrate a goal together on the ice. So that was after Ottawa went down 2-0. And you got to give credit where it's due. Like the first goal at Winnipeg score was just unreal puck movement in the offensive zone on the power play. And then Nikolai Ehlers made it 2-0 shortly after. How about the resiliency of this Senators team to battle back? That would not have happened in the first half of the season. No, not at all. And I, this is similar to the last game. They were down 2 nothing thanks to the hands of Austin Matthews. And I'll be honest, Ross, this time... I was like, well, this is exactly how I thought this game would go. I put them in Pillsy's parlay of the day. The first time, I think all season, I had uh, a bet against the Jets for the parlay. And I was like, well, at least I made the right decision here. No, the Sens, they shook it up. And again, it was just a battle of resiliency and not letting those goals kind of get you down. And the Nikolai Ehlers one. That's probably one Anton Forsberg wants back. He's a little deep in his net and it's kind of a low shot. Don't get me wrong, Nikolai Ehlers, he's a scoring threat so you have to respect that but that's one you probably could have stopped so that good on the team and Forsberg for not letting that bad goal really kind of deflate them and they bounce back in a big way no doubt the goal by Connor Brown with a minute and 30 seconds left in the period so you get that momentum shifting goal second period was back and forth good hockey I thought but nobody managed to get on the score sheet Pilsy walk us through that Evgeny Dadnov goal I, I I would like to explain it but I think I prefer to just listen in awe of how Hellebuck decided that was a good idea. Yeah, just a questionable move there. So Thomas Shabbat just, you know, he doesn't have a lot of options. Uh, he's at center ice. There's two defenders coming towards him. So he's like, you know what? I'll just make a safe play. I won't turn it over here. Let's just dump it in the zone. And uh, I'm sure he probably went for a change after that. Like that was just a quick dump and change. Not a big deal. It's a bouncing puck. And now goalie friendly show. 
were both goalies. When you're dealing with a bouncing puck like that, that's coming into the zone, what you need to do is you need to make yourself big and a wall. You don't attack that puck. Don't try to make your body hit the puck. Make sure you've made a clear wall with your body, your stick, your glove, your blocker, and you let that puck hit you. And then you're going to have a better chance of smothering it. Whereas Connor Hellebuck, he tries to like pounce with his glove and his blocker together and kind of like trap it. That doesn't work at all. And good on Evgeny Dadnov because a lot of the time, and especially a lot of uh, Sens fans give him a hard time for not hustling, not having much pace. That's a nothing play that he's hustling on. He's working and he gets that bounce and tucks it in and <laughs> flies face first into the boards. But that's the kind of effort we want to be seen from Evgeny Dadnov. Like there was times where he looked disinterested and maybe, I don't want to say entitled. That's a, that's a word I like to use for the Maple Leafs, but he just looked like he didn't really need to be grinding out there. But that is not the case last night. I want to give a quick shout out to Evgeny Dadnov. He had a couple good chances. He had a good back backhand uh, chance on the rush, but great job by him for forcing that play and getting a nice goal there. Oh, don't you worry, Pilsy. We'll get to our Sense Central standouts, but how's this for a segue to get there? And the final goal, Brady Kachuk matching Connor Brown with his 14th of the year. Now, the goal's listed as unassisted, but I want to rewind a little bit before we talk about the breakaway. Eric Branstrom does some unreal work in his own zone to get the puck around the net and into a spot where Brady can pick it up with speed. So he starts the play, and then Brady does the rest. Yeah, and I this is the kind of breakaway I love. You're just heading in. You're all alone. Nothing fancy. He's just scanning. Where is there a hole in Hellebuck's positioning right now? Top cheese? Boom. Fire top cheese. And that's a nice goal for Brady Kachuk. And how about that Selly? The, that looks... That Selly was like... signature. Yeah. That Selly is like your, your drunk uncle at a wedding. Like just kind of sh- shimmy shaking. <laughs> just, just moving and grooving. So I love to see that from Brady. And good on him. He hasn't had a two-goal performance in a while. And he's deserved it. Especially with the amount of shots uh, he's getting on net. And the abuse he's taking in front of the net from big defensemen. So... Good on Brady, and that's just a team effort where you love to see that because, honestly, Ross, there was some stretches there where the Sens were getting outplayed, and it wasn't looking good. Like, they were getting outshot for quite a while, but the resilience of the young guys is what bounced back, and you love to see that if you're a Sens fan. Don't get us wrong. We are pro having veterans around, but it is a case study here in the fact these kids are leading the way and have been for a while now. And the more and more that are an integrated, Alex Formanton being the latest, just seems like they're more and more ready for the challenge. Now, I want to give some stick taps as well as we roll into our Sense Central standouts to Josh Brown for standing up to that leaf eater who has just been terrorizing the center. Every time they play the Sens, uh, the Jets do, Logan Stanley's just running around. He's not doing much in terms of the outcome of the game. But he's just being a pain in the ass. So good on Josh Brown for standing in there. Two mammoth men, like 6'6", fight 6'7". And uh, Josh Brown, I'd say, got the better of him. So that was a good tilt to start the game. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because, yeah, Josh Brown looked small, which is crazy because he's a he's a big, tough guy. And, you know, if you're Josh Brown, you got to be looking – DJ Smith, we all know the type of defenseman he likes. And those guys just got shipped out in Goody, 
Coburn and Riley's not really that big mean defenseman but he definitely was a guy that DJ Smith was a fan of for sure so if you're Josh Brown you got to be saying all right it's my turn to shine now I'm gonna do that stuff I'm the big tough mean defenseman and you haven't had a lot of playing time or success do something like that to get your your name in the coach's brain to make him be like yeah that's that's a guy I want to put on the ice for scenarios like that because who else would have stood up to Logan Stanley other than Brady Kachuk, which you don't want doing that on this on this team. So great job by Josh Brown there. Is this a chalk up a win for the fighting changes momentum of a game? That fight happened seven seconds after Winnipeg goes up two nothing, and what do you know? Ten minutes later, the period ends tied. Yep, I, I would say for sure. And no one was happier about that fight than Brady. Did you see yep. him on the bench just chirping? <laughs> and then after, just the biggest smile on his face, he's just like, thank God I didn't have to go up against that giraffe because I was not interested in that. Brownie, you, you got me there. Thanks, buddy. Josh Brown playing like someone who does not want to go to the taxi squad. But if he did, that taxi driver better be going to Rock Auto to make sure his car is running smooth. You can go to rockauto.com as well. It's a family business that's serving auto parts to customers, and they've been doing it for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything, I'm telling you. Engine control modules, of course. Brake parts, yup. Tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get your new carpet there. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks, delivered, directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer that's the best part of rock auto it's the prices why wouldn't it be the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same whether you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer this is the most important question i'm going to ask right now why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? We wouldn't hear. So why would you? Go to rockauto.com right now, right now, and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Just put locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? That way, they know that we sent you. Reliable selection, the lowest prices. It's rockauto.com. All right, Pilsy, we've already gotten into Brady Kachuk, Josh Brown as a couple Sentinel Central standouts and stick taps for Josh Brown, I'd say more than being a standout in only 12 minutes and 50 seconds. But I thought this was Eric Branstrom's second best game of the year. There was that one against Calgary earlier in the season. He had a couple points, played really well. But if this is the Eric Branstrom we're getting for the rest of the season, I think Sens fans are all going to be very impressed. Yep, I liked Eric Branson's game a lot. And I think, Ross, I, a lot of people... A lot of people underestimate the the mental side of the game too. Like I, I can tell you, Eric Branson probably is feeling like a million bucks when he saw, and I mean, this sounds bad, but when he saw those defensemen getting moved out, like Mike Riley, Goody, Coburn, Willannon is another example because he knows how good he is. He just needs the opportunity. The, the franchise knows how good he is. Maybe DJ Smith doesn't love his style of play and there's still some stuff to work on there, but that's fine. He's a young defenseman who should be working on stuff. But when you have the confidence mentally that, all right, like I'm the guy now, like I'm, I'm going to be put in spots where I can succeed here. It goes a long way, especially for a young guy who's been struggling, you know, bouncing up and down with Belleville, spending time on the taxi squad, being scratched. I'm sure uh, practices haven't been too easy for him. So this is a great 
positive move for Eric Branstrom, and I think we're going to see a lot better play because of it. I completely agree. He even got some time on the penalty kill, over a minute shorthanded. Now the Sens were shorthanded a hell of a lot more than they were on the power play this game. Only Thomas Shabbat among D-men played with the extra man, three minutes and six seconds. In fact, the entire first unit played every second of power play time, and Branstrom was not a part of that, so it was good to see him get some ice time still on special teams on the defensive side of the puck. Now, I want to turn my attention to the PK and Alex Formanton. Another breakaway. Should have been a penalty shot. I couldn't believe that it wasn't. He was hauled down. Didn't get the shot off. No, you, that was you, not a penalty shot. That sends fans uh, getting a little really? crazy there. He didn't get a shot off. Yeah, but he, did, he didn't get taken down. Like, it was, honestly, it was, that was a perfectly timed slash by Nikolai Ehlers. Like, you couldn't have timed that perfectly. Yes, it's, it's a penalty. Don't, don't go crazy on me, guys. But it was not a penalty shot. I'm under the impression if you're on a breakaway and someone takes a penalty on you, it's a penalty shot automatically. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like the whole uh, thinking, like, if there's goaltender interference on a goal and it gets waved off, then why isn't there a goaltender interference penalty? That's one of those weird kind of ways that uh, the rule book works. I'm sure we can we can head back to waiver rule uh, 32, 2.0, no, section B, if, if we have to. But I, I just think... He didn't, he didn't really take him down, and it wasn't egregious. It was, like I said, it was just a perfectly timed slash right when he was about to shoot. So I think a penalty shot was a little bit of a stretch, but a penalty for sure, but great play by Formington. Is he the best penalty killer in the National Hockey League? Well, with Austin Watson on the shelf, yeah, we can, we can crown him that for now. <laughs> it's actually unreal, though, because he – and this almost what DJ said word for word after the game – he makes you, you nervous on the power play because if you bobble the puck for half a second, he's gone and nobody's going to catch him. So that just adds a whole different element on the PK. And I'm excited to see what this unit's going to look like once you have Austin Watson back in the mix because, yes, Chris Tierney's done a great job killing penalties. It's probably the best part of his game, although like you already gave him props for that assist, being able to calm the puck down, pick it, pick it up off the wall, put it down and put it on a Brown stick for the goal was a nice play, but he's been great on the PK. It's him and Brown and then Paul and Formanton right now. And man, Formanton is just really making his mark. So he stood out for me. We also already touched on Connor Brown. So those are some Sen Central standouts for me. 4-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Ross, and I can't believe we've gone this far into the show without talking about the newest Senator, number 98, Victor Mete. And look, I, w- I was not a huge fan of the Riley trade, but in the back of my mind, I was like, if they're trading Riley, they must have some sort of solution here. And I figured they would pick up Mete, and that's what they did. I think it was a great pickup, 22 years old. Sure, he's five foot nine, a little small, but he's speedy. You can tell when the puck's on his stick, he gets he's in another gear. And he did a great job on the breakouts, I thought. Now, he played under 10 minutes, but you got to keep in mind, this is a guy who was, and Mark Mathot talked about it, and he was kind of joking, but it's in all seriousness, like a guy being thrown off his game day routine. So DJ Smith didn't want to throw him into the fire, just ease him in a little there. And I thought he looked great. And this is a guy that I can see having some success here because on that left side, it's good to get some some speed and a little bit of off offense uh, talent down on the bottom pair. So I like the pickup of Mete. It's a free pickup that you probably would have paid a draft pick for. Like he's only 22 years old and he's got 185 NHL games under his belt. So, hey, thank you, Montreal. We'll take him for free all day. 
Scott Wheeler, a friend of this show, saying that's probably the best uh, acquisition on trade deadline day, and they didn't have to even give up any assets. We're going to finish the show with a winner and loser of trade deadline from around the league just to start a conversation about some of the bigger moves that happen. But we already covered a lot of Ottawa's moves. Pierre Dorian was busy the night before. So go back and listen to yesterday's Locked On Senators for a full breakdown of the Mike Riley trade. And also, we touch on Braden Coburn, good riddance, yada, yada, yada. But Pilsy, Victor Mete, I agree with you. He was zeros across the board on the game sheet. But this is one where you just want to feel comfortable in your new gear, right? You don't want to make a mistake. You want to go out there and give you know, the simple plays every single time. But I'm excited to see as he gets comfortable. He's an RFA at the end of the year. So the Senators will retain his rights no matter what. I love the swagger going with his junior number, number 98. And we always love to make these connections when it comes to Senators. He's a uh, longtime teammate of Alex Formanton in London. So you get a little bit of that in the mix. Also a teammate of Matthew Kachuk there. If you want to trade down the road, uh, I kid kind of there but Victor Mete a great pickup as well like Habs fans were so mad losing him but I didn't trust them because they're the same Habs fans that told me Kotkaniemi is better than Brady Kachuk so I need to see it for myself but a good first impression I'm excited to watch him continue to develop to me this was the best decor they've iced all season long like do you think it's any surprise I know plus minus take it with a grain of salt but in the first game that Artem Zub is playing with Eric Branstrom. They're both plus three. Yeah, both plus three. Both look good. And yeah, you you highlighted a couple of nice plays that Branstrom made that led to great offensive chances. I thought he looked confident out there. And that was the thing with Branstrom. Like, he was already on a short leash with DJ Smith. Mike Riley was in the spot he wanted to be and really should have been. So there wasn't a lot of opportunity for him to feel confident. Now he's with a better D partner. And yeah, he was always with Goody or Brown, which... I don't want to disrespect those guys, but don't really compliment uh, Eric Branstrom enough to help him succeed when he's just trying to break into the NHL as a young D-man. Whereas Artem Zub is is that guy. Like, we've seen him. I mean, geez, Mike Riley should be giving Artem Zub a percentage of, of his pay, pay no cut here. Like, that's, uh, that's how good Artem Zub has been here. So, also, great to see him as an RFA. The Sens will retain his rights as well. Hopefully extend him and uh, get him locked up. But... Yeah, this decor looked nice. It's a lot of fun to watch. And we're going to save this for tomorrow's show. But how about the injection of JBD possibly and probably in the lineup too? That decor is going to look real nice. Or at least it's going to be fun to watch. They're going to be young. They're going to be fast. And this is one part that almost scared me. But I think DJ Smith might be turning a corner. We've seen that DJ Smith can adjust his, his coaching style. And I like that about him. Remember at the start of the year, he was playing his his veterans a little too much, but he realized quickly that his best chance to win is having the kids play as many minutes as possible. And I think he's about to do the same on defense. He loves players who played the same style that he played. Big, mean, tough, rugged defensively. He now has two five foot nine defensemen on his roster. And Thomas Shabbat plays like um, more of a skilled guy, obviously, than than more than rough and tumble. You still have Josh Brown in the mix to stand up for his teammates. And you saw that firsthand last night, but is this a changing of the guard to the philosophy on the back end? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing, like DJ Smith, he has his ways and his, you know, the, the things that he likes and dislikes, but 
at a certain point, you just got to look at the results and it's like, well, <laughs> the the veterans were the ones making the young mistakes and the young guys were the ones shouldering all the responsibility so he figured it out and that's the thing you you gotta you gotta stick to your guns but if if it's not working then you have to switch it up and that's what dj smith has done so credit to him there they're betting on the young players and you can bet on the senators as well are you ready for some playoff matchups they're coming up sooner than you think as we're in the stretch run of the NHL season, the NBA season as well. And if you're looking for some fun wagers, why not go to betonline.ag? The BetOnline way is the only way when it comes to betting on sports. It's the only place that we trust here at the Locked On Podcast Network. They are our exclusive gambling partner. So how do you go about signing up? You go to betonline.ag. Sign up. It's super easy. Free account at betonline.ag. But... When you're making your first deposit, make sure that you use our promo code locked on. That promo code will get you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you put in 100, you get $50. You put in 200, you get 100. And that's free play money, right? You have to win it to earn it into real dollars. And that's where Pilsy's parlay of the day comes in. Why not sprinkle a little bit? I know we bet against the Sens yesterday. That was wild. He also bet for Belleville so he went over two we're going to touch on Belleville later up in the show but Pilsy we need you to get back on track what's the parlay today yeah that was a tough one for me but you know that was that was almost like hedging my bet like if you bet against the Sens and then they win in that fashion then at least I was still happy that it was a good win and we had you know some good content to talk about but I did not want uh, Belleville to go down the way they did and yeah we'll get into that later but we're going to switch things up here. Let's let's get back to the tried and true formula here. You know it. Betting against the Buffalo Sabres. And how could you resist this line? If you guys got some extra cash, if you just used the locked on promo code and you got some free play, this is the time to use it. The Boston Bruins up against the Buffalo Sabres. How many goals do you think Taylor Hall is going to score up against his old team now that he's feeling good that he got out of the hellhole that is Buffalo and he's playing on a contending team in Boston? That's a matchup made to bet on. So normally I don't get greedy and I just go with the money line, but the money line is minus 310. So we're going to get a little greedy here, Ross, and we're going to go puck line because I think even though the Bruins goaltending is questionable and there's a lot of injuries, insert Mike Riley, Taylor Hall, and Curtis Lazar into your lineup, and that's a guaranteed win coming up. So that's the first part of my parlay. Second part, Washington Capitals up against the Philadelphia Flyers. Washington Capitals made a big move at the deadline. The Flyers have been just falling and falling and falling. So we're going to take their money line at minus 150. So Pillsy's parlay of the day is Washington Capitals money line and Boston Bruins puck line. Put $10 in and you're going to win $20.91. That is Pillsy's parlay of the day. I'm going to be all over Pillsy's parlay of the day. I'm also going triple that amount. Three units on Taylor Hall scoring a goal tonight because revenge games are best served cold. And cold is what you could call Buffalo's streak. For the past two months don't sit on the sidelines anymore get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus bet online your online sportsbook expert
Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Senators podcast on your favorite podcast app, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, you name it. We're there. We're your team every day. And you can follow us on social media as well on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators, and on Twitter, at SendCentral, if you want to interact with us there. We've been loving the feedback on our Jake Sanderson interview from Friday. If you haven't heard it yet, he's an awesome kid. Can't wait for him to get into the Senators organization on a day-to-day basis. So make sure you go back and listen to Friday's Locked On Senators. But Pillsy, the hockey world moves quick and it moves fast and furious. And despite the fewest number of total assets moved on a deadline in the last 20 years, I thought it was still entertaining at least. We had the biggest trade trickle in closer to an hour past the deadline And we'll say, I guess we've already covered all the Sens ones, so why not get into it a little bit? We are going to touch on the Belleville Senators game as well, but this trade that Stevie Eiserman pulled off, he clearly knows that maybe Anthony Manta has more value around the league than what he feels is deserved based on his year and a half in Detroit. So to turn that into not only Jacob Vran, a Stanley Cup champion and a 25-goal scorer himself, but to get Richard Panic, who, again, maybe not the best contract. He was just on waivers. But a first and a second as well, to me, that makes Detroit one of the winners on trade deadline day. How you? What was your overall outlook on how things shook down yesterday? Yeah, I'm with you. That was a massive win for Detroit. But I think a lot of people are, are claiming it's a massive L for the Caps. And, yeah, they paid a ransom to get him. But... If you're thinking like Anthony Mantha, when he was hot before Detroit really kind of slumped, he was an amazing player. And to have him locked up at a pretty good contract is 5.8 for the next four years in a flat cap. It's it's okay. I mean, a lot of Detroit fans and our buddy Nolan at Locked on Red Wings was saying that he's the kind of guy who doesn't always give 100% effort on the ice. And that's worrisome. Yeah, and that's why I think it could work in Washington because they have that culture. And if you're not giving 110% when Ovi's out there blocking shots, getting six hits a game and, and teeing Chara, up one-timers. Chara's 44 years old, still grinding. Yeah, you're, there's no, you know, there's a lot of accountability on that team. So we're going to see him work. And he's not going to be relied upon as much as he was in Detroit, right? Are you saying there's no accountability in Detroit? <laughs> mm. <laughs> I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying they're they're not exactly going balls to the wall to get W's every night. So we'll we'll keep it at that. But I think that was a good hockey trade. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, yeah, like getting Jacob Vrana is an incredible piece. A first, a second, like that's a great trade all around. Uh, are we going to do winners and losers? That's how we're going to do this. Yeah, we may as well. Let's get to our winners and losers right now, and then we'll finish up with Belleville. So my one winner, I'll say Detroit, but I'm also going to say the Boston Bruins because they, they filled their biggest needs the most than any other team. They needed a defenseman who could push the pace offensively, enter Mike Riley, and how long have they been looking for a winger to play with David Krejci? So to get Taylor Hall as well for a, a cheap price, they didn't give up anything off their roster. I thought it was tidy bit of business from Boston. So those are my two winners. You give me your winners, Pilsy. We'll talk about that and then move on to our losers. All right. Yeah. Boston, definitely the biggest winner. I mean, anytime you can get a former MVP for a second round pick is Anders Bjork, though. (laughs) Yeah, your guy, Anders Bjork. Um, That's that's just incredible. That's that's the clear winner for sure. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. I know a lot of their uh, moves were done before the deadline day, but Kyle Palmieri is one of the best goal scorers. Like he was a guy like 
him and Evgeny Dadnov were guys I targeted every single year in fantasy draft because they were playing in in lesser markets and people just didn't realize how good of a goal scorer they were. I think there was some sort of stat that Paul Mieri uh, was one of the top 10 goal scorers in the league in the past five years or something like he just quietly puts up 25 goals like every single season. So to get him uh, on your New York Islanders team, a team that, you know, they, they've got a good core, but they don't really have any game changers other than Barzell to get a guy that can snipe like Palmieri is great. Travis Ajak, good leadership. Those are Lou Lamorello guys from New Jersey. So I think that those were great pickups for me, the biggest loser. And I talked about it uh, before the Edmonton Oilers, like you're, in a position where you can go far this year and all you do is pick up Dmitry Kulikov. And I saw uh, Ken Holland's press conference after, and they asked if he was close on any other deals. And he just was like, no, no, we weren't close. <laughs> like we, we talked about a couple forwards, but they weren't impact guys and we just didn't have anything. What? That's wild. <laughs> yeah. When you have the two best players in the world, how can you not be going for it every single year? Honestly. And you've seen what happens when you don't give them additions, but well, I mean, tough to say, too. They went and traded two second-round picks for uh, Athanasiu last year, and that did not work out for them. So it's it's a tough situation if you're the Oilers, but they didn't do enough, and I just feel like they're going to limp into the playoffs, and they're not going to be able to handle uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and some of these other teams. Even the Winnipeg Jets, I think, will give them a hard time. Even the Canadians are going to give them a hard time. So that was a big L for the Oilers, in my opinion. My biggest loser was the Winnipeg Jets because – geez, they have an opportunity to do something special and maybe the best chance if you're a Sens fan or any other hockey fan in Canada, they might be the best chance to stop the Maple Leafs from doing what scares the living bejeebus out of me to even think of. So I thought that they really missed. They got Jordy Ben. He's their big pickup. They needed an impact defenseman. But then I look around the league and not many impact defensemen got traded. Like, you could argue that Mike Riley was the number one defenseman. Savard. Yeah, Savard, Savard. True, true. And he's a pending UFA, too. So, for him to get a first-round pick, that is that is the biggest. And then – but I don't, I don't even think he's the type of defenseman that Winnipeg would have needed. I feel like they need a little more offense, a little more jump. I know Matias Ekholm's name was thrown out there, but now Nashville's in a playoff spot. They weren't going to move any of their defensemen. But – Ultimately, I just thought it was a swing and a miss from Kevin Shovel Day off. You have the goaltending. You know that a Canadian team is guaranteed into the conference finals. I thought it was a huge miss to really push some chips into the middle. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like, if you're a Canadian team and you're going to make the playoffs, you're never going to get a better chance at a cup than this year. Like, really, there's there's a guarantee that one of the Canadian teams are going to the conference finals. They're going to be in the top four. So that's that's something you really got to take advantage of. And we we saw. The Leafs and the Canadians, they got in and uh, they went all in and they made additions. Although the Canadians additions weren't that crazy, but uh, they did get some depth defensemen. I think uh, honorary mention of a loser has to be the Sabres. And I know, you know, there's stuff that went on behind the scenes that you're, you don't really know. And I think Kevin Adams said they had a better offer for Taylor Hall to a Western team, but he had a no move clause and right. he didn't want to go there. So that's what can you do there? Your hands are your hands are literally tied at that at that point. So he had to take an offer. Sens fans know all about that with yeah. the Danny Heatley fiasco from years ago. Remember, there was a trade to signed, Edmonton. sealed, delivered to Edmonton. You know what's sad? That was eleven years ago. I can still tell you exactly what the return would have been. It would have been Andrew Cogliano, Dustin Penner, 
Ladislav Smeed and a second round pick. And he, well, he's like, nah, I'm good. I like the Sharks deal better because Cogliano, great guy. And, uh, you know, he had that Ironman streak going. Ladislav Smeed was overrated. Dustin Penner flamed out. So I think I, I loved Milan McCulloch. So I'm okay with that one. Oh, I named my friggin' dog after him. So yeah. I, guess I'll, I guess I'll agree with you as well. Although maybe a little too much hype for what Jonathan Chichu could have uh, become. Yeah. <laughs> never really turned out. Um, that was a summer trade, but... In terms of the trade deadline, yeah, it was as as okay as possible, I'll say. There was a little bit of movement to keep us thinking, but really nothing of magnitude beyond that Verana for Mantha swap. Yeah, agreed. And I think I don't did we gloss over the goody trade, Ross? Yeah, I don't even I think, think we, we did. mentioned when, it. when a 2023 seventh rounder gets tossed from, from team to team, you have to lead with it. Yeah, and I and I think this is hilarious because I spent I spent uh, yesterday saying I think the Sens are going to do goodwill and just keep him. And they traded him for the least valuable asset you could ever have. And they shipped him to a different country. Like they, I thought they were going to do the right thing here. They did a complete 180 and they're just like, nah, screw it. We just don't want to pay his salary anymore. We'll just ship him off for whatever. Like David Poyle trading a 2023 seventh round draft pick. You know, he's not even going to lose a, a second of sleep over that. So that's that's tough for Goody. But you know what? That's a nice team there in Nashville. They they got their they got their crap together. They were having a tough time in the year. But that's a team that if they get some good goaltending, they've got all the pieces to go far. So maybe Goody gets a chance at a cup here, and it all turns out uh, to be a good thing here. Let's let's hope for that. There's a ton of injuries on the back end. We were talking to Justin Bradford, who hosts Locked On Preds the other day, and he was just saying. This is a stopgap, a very cheap stopgap. Well, the cheapest. Ryan Ellis is coming back from injury. So is Mark Borowiecki. And uh, I think he said another guy was banged up as well. But God, please give me a Borowiecki, good Branson, D pair. Some good Ottawa boys who maybe weren't always treated fairly by the fans here. But um, honestly, Goody, he stood up for his teammates. He's a, a solid teammate, a great guy. It just didn't work out on the ice. So good for the Sens to recognize that and open up a spot on the right side of the defense for, yes, JBD, who, again, skated in the alternate rotations with the extras in yesterday's skate. We're recording a little extra early today, so it's 9.30 in the morning. We'll be back tomorrow for a full breakdown of where JBD, where Shane Pinto fits in the lineup. But, Pills, you know what we can say is that of the college players who have signed, has anyone made a bigger impact already than Angus Crookshank? Six points now in five games for the Belleville Senator. And before you think, oh, can we see him this year? You can't. He's on an amateur tryout right now. He's already signed starting next season. So just let him develop. Let him stay down there. And plus, Igor's the next man up in Belleville. Or Vitaly Abramov, who also extended his point streak. But Belleville, man, what is going on with their third periods? It seems like every third period, they get outshot like 25 to 2. Yeah, it's it's wild. Well, they got outshot 21 to 7 here, which was absolutely terrible. The Sens didn't even get 21 shots all game, Ross. They, wow. got, they got outshot 41 to 16. So that is just terrible. And they were right in this game. Well, right in it in the score, score-wise. They're getting outshot like crazy still. But there was it was a 2-1 game heading into the third. So it's right there for the taking. And then they let three goals in, in the third. And uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Cole Perfetti had a nice game and Igor Sokolov, no points this time for him, unfortunately, but 
let's stick with the positive. Angus Crookshank, he has a point in every single AHL game he's played. So stay hot, Angus. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that he's not able to come up. Just keep him in Belleville, keep him positive. And yeah, like you said, there's there's Abramov and Sokolov, other guys that uh, should get that shot first. But Poor Philly franchise, too, just getting hung out to dry. We're going to hope for a better effort for the Belleville Senators here as they have one more game up against the Moose. Oh, no, they don't. They're done their series with the Moose. Now they head up against the Stockton Heat, a team that they had some success against. So hopefully they can keep that rolling and they play on Wednesday. Yeah, so tonight, no Senators hockey, but tomorrow you've got the Winnipeg Jets and Ottawa Senators once again. And Belleville begins a series against the Stockton Heat. We have a fun interview coming up later this week as well. We want to tell you about with Dave Poulin, TSN Hockey Insider, former captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a complete beauty. He was on with us, I think it was in the early parts of summer, Pillsy. So it'd be great to catch up with Pooley later this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, hey, he was a part of uh, Trade Center. So he he was in the action for a lot of that day. And hey, also quick shout out. How about Noodles doing Trade Center all day long and then uh, color commenting after? That is a long day for him. So sh- stick to the Noodles, a goalie hugger. You got to give him some props. Absolutely. It won't be long before we get Noodles back. We mentioned a couple people who uh, are a part of TSN 1050 where I work as well. It's their 10th anniversary. So some stick taps on deck for them as well. So be be tuned in to at Send Central on Twitter. Once the lineups come out today, we'll be the first to tweet those out. And knock on wood, we see Shane Pinto, JBD, make their NHL debuts tomorrow. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.